podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to AI Scouted on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Dave Hendrick, joined as always by Mr. Carl Matchett. How are you, sir? I am not too bad, thank you. A lovely day spent in the company of yourself and Guy. Yes, it has been fun. We've two down, two more to go. So today, uh, on this podcast, we are going to go uh, deep diving into the mind of Isaac Gilding, which seems like a fascinating place. So, recently on Two Footed, uh, Isaac set me a task of uh, an alternative approach to football where countries merge to take on other countries who have merged. Uh, and I did Europe on that podcast. So what he's done basically to give you a rundown is he's put two, three and four countries together that make sense geographically and politically and you're trying to play out which team would end up being the best team. Um, so just to give you a rundown on the European ones, um, England and Wales, and he's given team names as well, which are the best part. England and Wales, the conquered by Rome Rover, Rovers. Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland and Scotland, the Celts Unite. Spain and Iber- sorry, Spain and Portugal, the Iberian Threat. Belgium, Netherlands and Denmark, tallest team on earth. France and Italy, Fine Dining Fury. Norway, Sweden and Finland, the Scandi Supers. Germany, Austria and Switzerland, the Alpine Rule Followers. Slovenia, Croatia, Bosnia and Albania, the Adriatic Powerhouse. Greece, North Macedonia and Turkey, Defenders of the Aegean. There's definitely going to be wars over players not being picked in that though. Uh, Bulgaria, Romania, Ukraine and Moldova, the Black Sea Bulls, Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia, the Baltic Brawlers, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary and Serbia, the Eastern Bloc Endeavours, San Marino, Andorra, Monaco, Liechtenstein, Vatican City and Luxembourg, the City State Tsunami and Iceland, Faroe Islands, Cyprus, Malta, Isle of Man, and Guernsey, the intrepid islands united. So he has ruled Russia out, and rightly so. Uh, when we get on to other parts of the world, Yemen and Palestine um, are included with other groups due to uh, the political situations. So, Carl, I went over this part of it, and... I thought the four best teams that you could probably make were a combination of Spain and Portugal. I think you put some of that, you know, the Portuguese fullbacks, 
mixture of centre-backs, one from each country, like a Diaz and Laporte. Uh, in midfield, you're going to have Rodri, you're going to have the likes of Neves, Gavi, Pedri, Bruno Fernandes, Bernardo Silva. So plenty of options there. And then in attack, you're getting Rafael Liao, you're getting Joe Felix, you're getting Diogo Jota, you're getting Pedro Neto. I thought this was a really strong team. Um, Belgium, Netherlands and the Danes, I thought you could put together a very, very good team. Obviously centred around Virgil in goal, but with Courtois as his goalkeeper, rather than someone like Pasfeer. Again, you get the likes of Julian Timber. Uh, you could play Andreas Christensen as your third centre-back. You could go to back four. You've got plenty of options. In midfield, you're getting De Bruyne. You're getting Frankie de Jong. Um, you've got good wide options. And you've got a relatively decent bunch of strikers as long as you can get Romelu Lukaku in form and motivated. Um I thought the Czech, Slovak, Hungarian, Serbian team made a lot of sense. Lots of the big, tall fellas. Uh, you obviously bring in the likes of Flozek and Schick from Croatia, or from Czech Republic, rather. You bring in Milan Skriniar from Slovakia. That hugely upgrades the Serbian defence, which would be the base of the team. Dominic Saboslai bring additional playmaking, goals from midfield. I think that team would be very, very hard to beat. And then the fourth one I had was the fine dining fury because you know, anytime you can combine France and Italy, I, I just think you're going to end up with something very, very good. So for me, I thought they were the four best options that you could put together. But I'd be interested to know if you think there's anyone else in that group that I've overlooked. Well, um, first of all, bravo on the absolute <laughs> immense effort of putting this all together, Isaac Gilding. Uh, fair play for that amount of typing, which probably exceeds my average article length, to be honest, by the time we get through all the rest of the nations on the planet that you've put in here. Uh, team names, I think Fine Dining Fury is my favourite from, uh, from the European section as well. I imagine there's going to be a few question marks over where the borders were drawn with some of these groupings. I mean, this might be the first time in any context I've ever heard, spoken, or been a part of a conversation of when I've seen Denmark not included with Sweden and Norway. So I'm not sure how they managed to group themselves in with Belgium and Netherlands. But as he says, a little bit further down, he had to draw the geographical lines somewhere. So we are going to leave them exactly as he has put them as we go through. I don't think anyone's going to argue with France and Italy being one of the four, Spain and Portugal as well being another one. Um, Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark, I quite like I quite like the options that they have there. It feels like an across-the-board 8 out of 10 that you should be able to pick every week, even if there's injuries. Mm. Uh, there's, a, there's obviously a, a lot of good you know, Champions League-ish level depth there. I think my biggest question mark over your four qualifiers from this European section is going to be over the other one. Uh, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary, Serbia. I definitely like the group that you, you mentioned. You know, Sobosla joining some of the Serbia boys, a couple of the defenders to come in. I think maybe on balance, it's still going to be quite Serbia heavy. And yes. I think there would be a conversation to be had over two of the other groups. One is obviously going to be England and Wales. 
And then so, not... so England and Gareth Bale. Yes, yes, that's right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's 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 the potential for a couple of those younger Wales players to get into that sort of group, isn't there? Down the line, Brennan Johnson, maybe one or two others along the way, but definitely at the minute you're looking at Bale in England, yeah. And I think the other one is probably Germany, Austria, Switzerland, because again, I think with Switzerland and Austria, you're looking at a few across mm. the board, pretty decent standard of players plus Germany, and that's always going to be like a, a pretty a strong, good one, yeah, yeah. So I'm happy to go with the four that you've picked just because you've already done them on one podcast. People can go and listen to it if they want a bit more in-depth. So we're going to stick with those four. Um, but obviously a nod to the other ones who perhaps didn't quite make it. Yeah, I, I definitely. I think the, the Germany, Austria, Switzerland team will be very exciting because it's obviously, you know, the Swiss have produced a couple of really tidy young players, Noah Okafor and that. And obviously Austria are very much a, an emerging nation and the Germans are always strong. My knock on England and Wales, and I don't know if I mentioned this when I did it on two-footed, but I was also trying to pick which manager from the existing managers of the countries would I want. And unfortunately, Garrett Southgate and Robert Page um, wouldn't be high on my list of managers for anything, including like my local supermarket or anything like that. So, uh, I, that's kind of the knock because you, you'd be basically going with Southgate and playing England's brand of football, which would include Harry Maguire playing at centre-back against my gorgeous large Serbian men uh, who would be feasting on the supply of Zabozlai, Kostic, Tadic. I, I just, I think they'd struggle. But I do like the idea of the, the England-Wales team. Like you said, there's a couple of really, really promising young Welsh lads. Um, Brennan Johnson's really good. Sorba Thomas is one of the most enjoyable players to watch anywhere in Europe at the minute. Um, but we'll move on. We'll move on to the Americas, North and South combined in, in one region. Uh, so we have the USA and Canada, the Stolen Land Searchers, Mexico, Guatemala, Belize, and El Salvador, Central American United, Cuba, Jamaica, Dominican Republic, Haiti, and Bahamas, the Caribbean hit, uh, crush, Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, and Panama, the Land Bridge Bulwarks, which might be the best <laughs> name. Very <laughs> special. Uh, Colombia, Venezuela, Guyana, Suriname, and French Guyana, the Northern South Americans. Uh, Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, and Chile, the Inca incantations. <laughs> um, Argentina and Uruguay, the white and blue rage. And then Brazil and Paraguay, the Amazonian flair. I, I don't even know where to start with this. One. <laughs> <laughs> this right. is magnificent, though. I think, first of all, we need to we need to put in place a couple of explainers here so what we're planning to do we've got the four european qualifiers which you had done in your previous pod so we're going to pick two from the americas we're going to pick two from asia australasia and middle east and we're going to pick two from africa and then those 10 super nations let's say are going into the big round robin that we're going to decide who would triumph so we need two from the americas first of all I would suggest that because it's combined things we're going to have to have a rule in place where there's always I don't know, let's say at least two players on any one team who are not from the same team as all the rest. 
So yes. like in the, in the Argentina, Uruguay, there's got to be at least two Uruguayans. In Brazil, Paraguay, at least two Paraguayans on the pitch all the time. Um, if, in the bigger groups, let's say Mexico, Guatemala, Belize, El Salvador, there's got to be at least two non-Mexicans on the pitch all the time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so, fair. So therefore, I think that the biggest across the board quality here is probably a bit comfortable for Argentina, Uruguay. Yes, absolutely. I, I think they're comfortably the strongest. If you, well, you can have Arejo, Jimenez, and Romero as potentially a back three. Um, I think that's obviously very, very strong. You'll have, you know, Darwin, Messi, Suarez. You've got loads of attacking talent. And then in midfield, you're absolutely loaded with talent as well. You get Fede Valverde and Enzo Fernandez and Alexis McAllister and just lots and lots of really fun players that would be great to see together. Um, so I, I think they're pretty clearly the mm. strongest combination. So I think they're one of our two qualifiers. But I think it's a real question about the other one. Obviously, Brazil and Paraguay is, is going to be strong, but it is going to be very heavily Brazilian, whereas I think the Argentina-Uruguay would be maybe 6-5-7-4 to Argentina, whereas Brazil-Paraguay is, is 9-2 to Brazil, and it's only 2 to Paraguay because we're putting that rule in place. Yeah. Um, I, I think Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Chile is an interesting one, though a lot of the Chilean players that we think of have kind of aged out. Yeah. But they're still knocking about. I would um, like you to uh, go over the land bridge bulwarks and give me your <laughs> ideal 11. <laughs> um, so Honduras, we're just taking all the Honduran lads that played for Wigan back in the day and bringing them back. Uh, Brian Ruiz will obviously be captain of this team in, in the middle of the park. I uh, don't think I could name a single Panamanian player. And I'm struggling with Nicaragua as well. Um, yeah, they're going to be all vibes and probably plenty of fighting. I don't know that they'll finish a single game with more than nine players on the pitch. And he's gone. Yes, yeah, sorry, I, I forgot I'd unmuted. Uh, in fairness, I think that would just make me want to watch them even more. Uh, mm. that, that's that's a you got to watch their qualifiers. The Landbridge Bulwarks are going to have like an underground following. I can I can feel this. Um, I am kind of leaning towards U.S. and Canada over Brazil and Paraguay, just because I think that well, one obviously we're going to pick Herdman over Berhalter as the manager. Yes, and two because I think there might be a good chance of a bit more cohesion and understanding as a team. Obviously, between the two of them, they have a lot of MLS-based players and a lot of Bundesliga-based players with a, a scattering of other European uh, landing spots Premier as well. League lands as well, yeah. Yeah, 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 a few there. So I think that there's there's more cultural and stylistic play similarity between those two groups than there would be between the Brazil lads and a couple of Paraguay uh, stars, shall we say, thrown in the mix there as well. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I'm just going to pull up the Paraguay national team. Um, obviously, Enciso at uh, Brighton is a is a very, very talented player. And he would be one of the two, I'm guessing, that we, we would put in. Um, but because 
The issue is because he's a and probably Miguel Miguel Almiron as would be the other one. I mean, I don't know how you'd overlook those two. They'd have to be the two. And the problem is, you put them in, you're taking out two Brazilian attackers. So that's where Brazil's strength is is in their attack. So I, I think that's kind of the negative knock-on. If we put this rule in place, you're going to have to sacrifice good players from one of the countries to get in the good players from the other country. Like, I'm not sure there's a Paraguayan defender that you would... I mean, Gustavo Gomez is good, but I don't know I don't know that you'd put him in, which means you're still... Even if you put him in, you're putting him in centre-back. So you're not... Um, you could put him in over... Oh, and Fabian Balbuena, yeah, one of the one of the Premier League's um, worst ever centre backs, an absolute headbanger. But you're still going to end up with Brazil's fullbacks, who are awful. Uh, you do get Ali in goal, obviously, it's very very strong. But I just I don't know I I don't know how else you'd, you'd go about it. I think Gomez is is the better of the two Paraguayan centre backs, and. I, I think you're just going to lose out on on Brazilian attackers. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to go with uh, a US Canada combined team. I think the Canadians have certainly uh, Alfonso Davies and and Jonathan David would massively improve the US men's national team. Give them a world class left back who can also play as a winger and a top end striker, along with a lot of that kind of creative wide talent like Reina and Pulisic and you know midf- midfield players like Musa and Aronson who I, I really really like and then you get the likes of Tyler Adams and that I think that would be a very a very good team and obviously they've grown up in similar cultures so there's there's probably more similarities between them as people as well whereas Brazil and Paraguay I, I don't think are similar cultures I could be wrong I don't think they are, and I think there'd be quite... There's obviously a language difference between Brazil and Paraguay as well, which there isn't with the, the Canadians and the the Americans, even though you know Spanish and Portuguese are, are quite similar and people speak a lot of both, but it's it's not an automatic thing. Just along the lines of what we're discussing there and two people coming in, just to drop back into Europe for one, just one of the teams, off the top of your head, we don't have to go too much detail into tactical changes and all the rest of it. Which two Wales players would you put in? Because Bale, I presume, is going to be one of them. Who's your second? I don't like any of the Welsh goalkeepers. I think Wayne Wayne Hennessy, Danny Ward, and Adam Davies are all fairly average. Um, but Ben Davies fits really nicely on the left of a back three, and is a more natural fit there than any of the current England options. Um, I quite like Ethan Ampadu, even though his career hasn't gone as expected. Uh, Joe Roden fits very nicely at back three, but I'd, so I'd probably say Ben Davies on the left of a back three is a, certainly a better pick there than Harry Maguire. Um, and then Bale in a front three with Kane and Sterling. I, I think that's quite fun. The other option, I mean, I'd say those two. I'm. I'd be. I'd be struggling to be honest. I would be struggling. I. I don't mind Ben Cabango, but I. Don't. Don't know that I put him in over over Davies. Do you know? Hmm. I think. Um, 
in the current setup, at least, without too much thinking about it, it would be fairly inoffensive to replace Luke Shaw with Nico Williams, for example. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's that's very much a possibility. Uh, it's not like England are blessed at left back at the moment. I think there's it's quite a, an Chilwell average out, group. Yeah. Not with Chilwell out for sure. Do you know? Yeah. So. Anyway, sorry, sorry, Brazil. I, the other the other one I was going to say is you kind of mentioned it as well. I think Almiron you can make a case for for Paraguay because on Brazil's right, obviously, is between Rafinha and Anthony. Mm. Anthony being not quite there yet and Rafinha being hit and miss this season at the very least. Obviously, overall, better player, higher ceiling, but Almiron's in form. If this was happening right now with the, the World Cup coming up, then I think you can make a case for him being in the team. Yeah, I mean, he's... One of the most informed players in Europe at the moment. Uh, would be nice if he got an assist every now and then, but you know, can't have everything. Just, the um, just the goals will do. Um, right, so we're we're aligned then on USA and Canada, and yep. Argentina and Uruguay. The stolen land searchers and the white and blue rage. Uh, moving on then to U- to Asia, Australasia, and Middle East. We have New Zealand, Australia, Indonesia, Papua New Guinea, and the Solomon Islands, the coastal elite upside downers. <laughs> uh, Malaysia, Singapore, Philippines, Brunei, and Taiwan. That'll be more your area of expert expertise now than mine. <laughs> the South China Sea strength. Uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, Laos, and Myanmar, the red raging dominoes. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Japan and South Korea, the Far East Electrics, uh, Mongolia and China, Stipe Nomad's Steel, India, Bangladesh, Nepal, Bhutan, and Tibet, the Himalayan heroes. Iraq, Iran, Pakistan, and Afghanistan, the Middle Eastern mania. Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, and Turkmenistan, the Central Asian stand account. Um, Georgia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan, the Caspian Crusaders. Saudi Arabia, Qatar, UAE, Kuwait and Oman, the Gulf Warriors, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon and Israel, the cradle of civilization united. I'm just saying now, Japan and South Korea are walking away with this. <laughs> it's unfair they've been paired up. This is like when you know a, a gaggle of school kids are all playing together and literally the two footballers they go together and everyone else has to be on the other team yeah. it's just is not fair it's brutal but they're through yeah but the reason it is fair is because when we go into the round robin 
that's all of a sudden a really strong contender. Yeah, they can they can compete together. Yeah, the um, only one that we pick, I think, is going to be an early candidate for tenth. I I think so, and with respect to many of the others, I'm looking at Iraq, Iran, Pak- Pakistan, and Afghanistan. It's going to be Iran plus probably two Iraqis, um, which is not a bad team, but certainly not anything that's going to shake anybody up. Um, Georgia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan are could all UEFA. Are <laughs> all UEFA teams? So I they don't are in this one because they're more Asian culture. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you get you get Kvaratsvili or Kvaratskela, so it's basically him and ten others. <laughs> I, I think I think New Zealand, Australia, Indonesia, Papua New Guinea, and the Solomon Islands, and by that I mean Australia plus. The best of New Zealand is probably Chris Wood. Yes, Chris Wood, Australia, and there's got to be somebody else. There's, there's at least one other decent. I, I have to say, I don't mind the um, like some of the Armenia squad are still all right. Like their their peak has unfortunately gone, and they didn't quite manage to get to a tournament. Like six and eight years ago, they were very, very nearly there. Like mm. they still have, they still have a handful of decent players, Babian and. Uh, oh, I can't to play, pronounce his name Govanishian, the defender Kamal Govanishian. He's been around for about a billion years. Like there's a there's a handful of players who can compete there. So there's at least a bit of talent. Um, well, what you could do to to boost the level of talent is you could put the call into Henrik Mkhitaryan and say, look, come back. I know you. I know you're retired, but your nation, your your region needs you. This is bigger than football. Um, and you get him back, but I still think you're probably falling a little bit short. Yeah, I think New Zealand have probably got just about enough in theirs. So they've got a couple of players playing in Italy. Um, probably, probably you could pick three even of them to to go into that Australasian side. I can't remember what the team name was. The Coastal Elite something. Coastal upside Downers. downers. There you yeah. go. The Coastal Elite Upside Downers. They look like they might they might have enough. You never really get too many of the other Asian uh, qualifying section teams really troubling it. Like none of like Malaysia and Thailand and even China really have fallen off quite a bit. So you mm. wouldn't really put them forward. There's certainly plenty of uh, players who would be in the catchment zone of the Himalayan heroes, but they don't seem to be able to put together a, a team at the moment. So unless we want to go the Kazakhstan Uzbekistan conglomerate, because again, no. you've got a few individual players there. I think we have to stick with the New Zealand Australians. Yeah, I think it's the New Zealand team, the New Zealand Australia, um, and, and support from other countries group. <laughs> um, right. So we'll take them uh, into Africa. Then we get Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, Egypt, and Palestine. The Saharan Power United, Morocco, Mauritania, Senegal, and Gambia. Oh, Senegal, Gambia, Guinea-Bissau and Guinea, the African Atlantics. That's quite a strong team. Mali, Niger, Chad, Central African Republic and South Sudan, the Central African Chiefs, Sierra Leone, Liberia, Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Togo, Benin and Nigeria, the Diamond Dominators. I'm I'm thinking they're going to be one. Uh, Sudan, Eritrea. Djibouti, Somalia, and Yemen, the Red Sea Sentinels. 
Ghana, Uganda, sorry, Kenya, Uganda, Uganda uh, and Tanzania, Lake Victorious, Cameroon, Equatorial Guinea, Gabon and Congo, the Equatorial Storm, Rwanda, Burundi, Democratic Republic of Congo, Zambia and Zimbabwe, Africa's spine, Angola, Namibia and Botswana, the Desert Defiance, and South Africa, Lesotho, Eswatini, Mozambique, Malawi, and Madagascar, the Garden of Africa. Uh, I think this, the standout one for me is the Diamond Dominators, because you get Ivory Coast, you get Ghana, and you get Nigeria. And I think you put together a hell of a team between those three countries. I think the other one comes from the Morocco, Senegal, Guinea group, the African Atlantics, or Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, and Egypt, because it's basically, you know, Mo and maybe one or two other Egyptians in with the best of Algeria and Tunisia. Um, would you agree with me that the Diamond Dominators is the is the standout team there? I think there are four pretty good ones in this, actually. I think Diamond Dominators definitely won the Morocco, Senegal, uh, Guinea, and the rest of them, Af African Atlantics, that's another one. The Algeria, Salah, and the rest is a third. I also think you could put a very good team together from Cameroon and then a couple of people from Equatorial, Gabon and Congo, Equatorial Storm. I don't think that looks too bad. True. To I think because you haven't got to have like lots, you haven't got to have a great team, you just have to have one or two decent players from all of them. And there are a couple of people there who are pretty good. Yeah, I think that's fair. Right. Well, well, we'll definitely put the Diamond Dominators through, and I'll, I'll go with whatever you think for the other one. I, I think Senegal make the African Atlantics very strong, but obviously Cameroon have a strong team. Algeria have a pretty strong team. Um, and if you're throwing Salah into that mix, obviously it does elevate, given he is the best African footballer. Mm. Uh I think I'll have to go to the African Atlantics and leave Salah out because I think Morocco and Senegal have got pretty well set teams in as it is, you know, within Africa. And then you take a couple of people out of you know, Gambia. You, you've got, I think Gambia have got enough good players to, to contribute a little bit there as well. So did Darbo, Guinea. The, Darbo, the young midfielder, Musa Barrow up top. Yeah. Guinea offer Nabi Keita. Yeah. Um, Sometimes. Yeah, it's twice a year. Uh, Mariba is a good player. Um, young, The young kid who's at Olympiacos who was linked to us, whose name's escaping me. Should, should we get, a, should we get a, um, a definitive answer on Guy here? Because I'm a bit split on these two. Guy? Hello. Are you going Morocco? Which, so you're, you're torn between which, Carl? The... The Morocco, Mauritania, Senegal, Gambia, Guinea-Bissau, and Guinea, African Atlantics. Yeah. And Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, Egypt, Palestine, Sahara, and Power. I think Cameroon, Gabon have to fall just a bit short in fourth. Mm. I'd say the one with Senegal. Yeah. It's like you said, like Morocco, you get their fullbacks. Senegal, you get Koulibaly. You get Mendy in goal. 
I think Guinea offer really good midfield options. Then Morocco and Senegal have good attacking options. You're kind of just looking for a centre-back from one of the others and you're pretty much set. Yeah, I think the African Atlantics have this. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. So our 10 teams, we have the Iberian Threat, Spain and Portugal. The tallest team on earth, Belgium, Netherlands and Denmark. The fine dining fury of France and Italy. And the Eastern Bloc endeavours of the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary and Serbia. We have the Stolen Land Searchers, USA and Canada. White and Blue Rage, Argentina and Uruguay. New Zealand, Australia, Indonesia, Papua New Guinea and Solomon Islands. The Coastal Elite Upside Downers. Japan and South Korea, the Far East Electrics. Morocco, Mauritania, Senegal, Gambia, Guinea-Bissau and Guinea, the African Atlantics. And then we have Sierra Leone, Liberia, Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso, Burkina Faso Ghana, Togo, Benin and Nigeria, the Diamond Dominators. They are our 10 teams. Are we happy with those? Yeah, I mean, happy is a relative term in, in this sense because I'm kind of muddled in geography at the minute. But yes, I think those are the <laughs> best ones we could have picked. Right. So. We're, we're currently setting up a, a round-robin generator. So give, oh, us, give, us a, give me a second and you can run through exactly what your, um, which, which managers you're taking. There you go. Okay. Okay, we'll go with this. Um, so I'm not massively keen on either the Spain or Portugal managers, but I will go with uh, Luis Enrique. I think he is less dinosaur-y than uh, Mr. Portugal. <clears throat> I'm absolutely not taking Roberto Martinez because he annoys the piss out of me. Uh, so he definitely won't be in. Louis van Gaal might be a bit too mental for the Danes. So we're going to go Casper Hillman in charge of the uh, the tallest team on earth. For the fine dining fury, it must be Roberto Mancini because Didier Deschamps is unacceptable to me. Um, I would suggest that for the Eastern Bloc endeavours, given the team is likely to be mostly 
are heavily leaning on the Serbian national team. And given he's one of my favourite players I've ever seen, uh, Dragan Stojkovic, a.k.a. Pixie, he would be the manager there. Um, the Stolen Land Searchers will be led not by Greg Berhalter, because he's awful, but by John Herdman. The White and Blue Fury, I'm just opposed to allowing Messi to pick the manager, so I'm going to go with Diego Alonso, the Uruguay manager, who has previously managed into Miami and, and largely worked in um, kind of Mexico before that as well. Uh, so I think he's the guy there. For Morocco, Mauritania, Senegal, Gambia, and yeah, Guinea-Bissau and Guinea, I think I'd have to go... I think I'd have to go with Senegal's manager, given he has a proven track record of success, Alou Cisse, uh, having, of course, led them to the AFCON. Uh, I think it would have to be him. He's also been an AFCON runner-up. Uh, Sierra Leone, Liberia, Ivory Coast. Ghana have Chris Hutton involved, so I'm not allowing any, any Chris Hutton involvement. Um... Gernot Rohr is is decent but a bit dull. I don't know who Ivory Coast manager is off the top of my head. Ivory Coast national team football manager. Oh, Gasset. Yeah, we yeah, we'll go with, we'll go with John Luis Gasset. Um, he's been around. He's managed for the last twenty five years. Um, not had a huge amount of success, but he's quite a decent tactician. So we'll go with him. Uh, hopefully he has more success with the Ivory Coast than he did at certain previous stops. Um, but he's been around the French national team and, and knows what it is to be at, at major tournaments. Um, I missed Asia, didn't I? I did. Um, I'm going to go for the, the electrics team. I'm going to go with Paolo Bento of South Korea, largely because I'm still outraged that Rio Hatete and Kyogo weren't included in the Japanese World Cup squad. So, um, Moriyasu, you're out. And then I'd love to draft in a substitute here for the, the upside downers and bring Ange Postacoglu into the four. But I think I'll go Graham Arnold. The Australian coach. I think he's. I think he's the right man for the job, and um, yeah, we'll go with him. So there we go. That's who I've got as the managers. How is your generator moving along? I think you filled the gap admirably there, and it is ready to go. I was just trying to send a screenshot to yourself and Guy to follow, but it's too big, so I'm not going to bother doing that, and we'll have to go through it. Um, so what I've got, we've got uh, nine rounds of games, obviously. Everybody playing everybody else once in ours, as opposed to twice in the mammoth Conmebol World Cup qualifying series. We can just double it and say that it's twice if you want. So I've got the teams written out. I've got the round robin sorted. I'm going to read you out the fixtures. You and Guy can debate who wins or just yourself if you want to talk too much. 
uh, feel free to throw up any um, big clashes of players, obviously, or stylistic ways you think one team will overcome the other or whatever. Okay. Right. I'll make the, the note of the points as we go, obviously. Round one. First up game, massive one on television all around the world, but mostly in Europe and America. It's Spain-Portugal against USA-Canada. I think you have to lean heavily towards Spain-Portugal here. Um, the individual talent is of a higher level. I think there's obviously a threat from that USA-Canada team, especially on the counter-attack with the pace they'd have and with the threat that they'd have of, of Davies as a penalty box predator, or David rather as a penalty box predator. Um, so, But I'm going to pick Spain-Portugal to win that one. Guy, would you go in a different direction? No, nah, you've got to go with the uh, Spanish, Spain and Portugal there. Cool. Right, so Spain-Portugal for the win. Do you want score lines or just a, just a winner? Uh, I mean, if you think that there's going to be an absolute thrashing, feel free and I'll make a note of it for, you know, goal difference purposes down the line, but I think a win is fine yeah, there. Yeah, we'll just go for that. We'll go for a Spain-Portugal win. Okay, uh, second game here is France-Italy against the conglomerate of New Zealand, Australia, Indonesia, Papua New Guinea and the Solomon Islands. We have our first whooping <laughs> as Fury knocked the upside downers the right way up. Uh, yeah, France France and Italy are wiping the floor with, with Australia and New Zealand and very, friends. Very I do very, agree very as well. Uh, okay, a bit of a, a mix-up one here. We've got Argentina-Uruguay, early heavyweight favourites, I think, against yeah. Sierra Leone, Liberia, Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Togo, Benin, and Nigeria. Do you know, Argentina-Uruguay for the win, but I think there's a really good team to be found among those countries. And I'm actually going to, when we're finished, I'm just, just for my own... Um, out of my own curiosity, I'm going to sit down and and try and figure out what the starting eleven would be. Defense built around Top Sapa. Midfield probably built around Thomas Partey. But you've also got some other really good options there, like Frank Kessie. And then obviously your attack is going to be built around Victor uh, Osman. So yeah, I'll go. Argentina Uruguay for the win but I think that's that's an exciting game in which the experience and maybe cynical side of South American football overcomes the exciting talent of the African group I would agree okay so I didn't actually hear all of Dave's because my internet cut out halfway through his answer there but I did hear Guys say I would agree, so I'm going to assume that remained a win for Argentina Europe. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, I'm delighted. Don't know what your reasoning was, but I, I agree with you for what it's worth. Uh, match four Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark, tall people against Japan and Korea, electrical people, as I remember the team name. Tall people versus highly technical, very fast people. Um, I think I'm leaning towards a draw here for some reason. I think when you put Sun, Kim, 
and a lot of those Japanese players together, you're going to get something really good. Obviously, the other team's going to be good as well. Do you know what? I'm going to go with the draw. So I really like the idea of Japan and South Korea as one national team. There's a lot of good players there. Is there any dissenting voices from the guy side of the net? Yeah, I think that could go either way, so draw makes sense. Right. A point apiece. I think uh, whoever you picked as being in charge of Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark is going to come in for some uh, mindless criticism, let's say, because they would expect the Europeans to win. But I kind of agree there, unless De Bruyne has himself an absolute De Bruyne, then, uh, yep, a draw sounds like a good result there to me. Uh, final game of the first round, then, is Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary and Serbia against Morocco, Mauritania, Senegal, Gambia, Guinea-Bissau and Guinea. I've got to go with the uh, the big, tall, dominant Europeans because uh, even though I think there's a, there's a good team to be made there from the Moroccan-Senegal kind of axis, um, I, I just think there'd be too much firepower in that that Serbia plus Schick and Dominic type of group. So I'll go with the um, the Eastern Bloc endeavours to win that one. Right. So we've had our first round of games, so we don't need to go into too much depth on you know the second and third and fourth round, and then we'll get into a little bit more depth maybe on the the teams and the clashes once we get towards the end of them, because we've got a lot of results to get through, obviously. So round two. A bit more of a, a European mix to start with. Spain, Portugal against Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark. Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark to win that one. Okay. Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary, Serbia against Japan and Korea. Again, I'm going to go with the Czechs, the Slovaks, the Hungarians and the Serbians to win that one. Just the one point from two games for much fancied and much spoken about Japan, South Korea. Now they're going to bounce back, the line. Jobs on the line. Um, right, we've got an all-African clash here. So it's the, I'm not going to say all the nations from this point onwards. It's the Nigeria-Ghana-Ivory Coast group against the Morocco and Senegal group. I think I'll go with the Nigeria-Ghana Ivory Coast Burkina Faso team. Let's take the points. Three, yeah, three, three points for them. Right. France, Italy against USA, Canada. France, Italy to win that one. And Argentina, Uruguay against New Zealand, Australia, Indonesia, Papua New Guinea, and Solomon Islands. <laughs> and <laughs> once again, New Zealand, Australia, and friends getting whooped. So yeah, heavy, heavy win there for the uh, the Uruguayan Argentina team. Right. Round three, straight into it. We have one, two, three teams on a hundred percent record still. We have Ghana, Nigeria, Ivory Coast group versus Japan, Korea. Japan, Korea to win that one. Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark against the big men of Serbia et al. Draw. Big physical draw. A furious European draw. Okay. Definitely not ending with 11 aside. <laughs> uh, Morocco, Senegal, Guinea and so on against Australia and a couple of others. Uh, Morocco and Senegal pick up the win there. Not, not a heavy beating this time. 
No, I, I don't think it'd be a heavy beating. I think they'd win it comfortably, but I don't think it'd be a heavy beating. Okay. Uruguay, Argentina against USA, Canada. Uruguay, Argentina. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. France, Italy against Spain, Portugal. Oh... This is one of the ones you can talk through a little bit more if you wish. Oh, this would be fun. This would be fun. Lots of lots of technical ability. Plenty of passion on display. Overrated managers in both dugouts. Um, I think I go France-Italy to win because if I've got Mbappe and, say, Chiesa up front, I think that's going to be really hard for any defence to stop. So I'm going to go for them over the uh, Spain-Portugal team, who, you know, if, I've picked Luis Enrique as the manager, so he's probably, hopefully, dropping Cristiano, showing that real Barcelona bias against former Real Madrid player, and obviously not being a sentimental old twat. But... I still don't. He's, he's probably playing Alvaro Morata up front, which just isn't ideal. So, um, yeah, we'll go France and France Italy with the win there. Which leaves Spain Portugal on one win from three matches. Mm. Pressure starting to build. Right? Does he bounce back in round four? Spain Portugal against Serbia and the big men. Yeah, I think I'd go Spain Portugal to win that one. I think they'd just be able to outplay them. Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark against Ghana, Nigeria, Ivory Coast, and so on. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'll go Belgium, Netherlands, and Denmark to win because the real threat from the Nigerian team is Osimian, who's going to go up against Van Dijk. I back Van Dijk to beat him, so I'll go for a win for the Denmark-Belgium team. Okay, uh, New Zealand, Australia, Indonesia, Papua New Guinea, Solomon Islands against Japan, Korea. Japan, Korea. Not, not backing the Australians going up against their fellow no. Asian qualifying sections, which they usually qualify through to get a result. No, 
Yeah, but Japan, South Korea qualify by winning those groups and <laughs> Australia struggle through the qualifiers. Uh, details. Come on. All right. Uh, round four has a, a superhuman clash in it, so we'll save that one till last. So we've got USA-Canada against Morocco-Senegal. Uh, I think U- USA-Canada win that one. Okay, first victory for them. And then the last clash of this round is Argentina-Uruguay against France-Italy. This is this is kind of the, the tie of the competition. Big. Yeah. Go deep. Go on. There's not a goalkeeper that fills me with confidence between the Argentine Uruguay team. I'm not Emmy Martinez is good, but he's not great. But then on the other side, Donnarumma hasn't developed the way he was expected to, but he is a big game player. You give France the edge at centre back, although I really like the idea of the Arejo Romero centre back pairing. Bizarrely, I don't think there's a good right-back between the four countries. In fact, I'm almost certain there's not a good right-back between the four. Is De Lorenzo the best right-back between the four countries? He's not Montiel. great. Montiel, maybe? Montiel is decent. Yeah, Montiel is decent. He needs needs to just keep developing. What is he, 23, 24 now? He's decent-like. Um, I think the midfield battle is probably a bit of a wash. The striker battle is probably fairly close. So it might just come down to a moment of individual genius. And if I've got Leo Messi, I've got more of a chance than anyone else. So I think I'll go with Uruguay, Argentina to win that one. Over a draw. Okay. I thought you were yeah, I think I'd go, on that one. No, I think I'll go. Where, where did, who's the home team? Uh, on this one, it's Argentina, Uruguay, but we're just going to double up the points, I guess. No, we don't have to. We'll just play once. Yeah, yeah if they just play once. Yeah, there is no home team. These are all played in neutral territory. On oh, the moon. Okay. On the moon. There you go. Elon yeah. has set up uh, a terrestrial spaceport for sport, and there is a dedicated world conglomerate pitch, and that's where we play, one after the other. I'll go the draw, then. I'll go the draw. On neutral ground, I'll go the draw. It's too late now. I've already written it in. in, in oh, well, we'll think. take the win then. We'll take the win yeah. for Uruguay. Argentina have won that one, yeah. Messi. Messi's brilliant. Right, round five. Oh, it's another big one. Spain-Portugal against Argentina-Uruguay. I'll go Argentina-Uruguay to beat Spain-Portugal. I don't think Spain-Portugal can score enough goals. Okay. Uh, Morocco-Senegal-Guinea against France-Italy. France Italy. Close game. Closer, I think, than people would expect, but I think I think France Italy would sneak that one out. Right. Um Korea, Japan against USA, Canada. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. Um stylistically, pace wise, I think USA Canada can win that. I'll go USA-Canada to win that. Controversial indeed after Japan beat USA only a month ago. Mm. That's the difference an Alfonso Davies can make. Uh, we got Sierra Leone, Liberia, Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Togo, Benin, Nigeria against 
Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary, and Serbia. This is going to surprise you. I'm going to go with the African, the diamond dominators in this one. Reasoning. I think Osimian will cause that. Osimian will cause them problems. We've seen them tear Skriniar apart a couple of times. I think the African group defensively with Topsapa sort of the the heart of that defence, his aerial dominance, I think he can cope with a lot of what's been thrown at him. And I think they've got enough in midfield to be able to control the tempo of that game and not allow the Serbians to set the pace of the game. Because the Serbians think they want to play a slow brand of football whereas and then kind of speed up when needed. Whereas I think the African lads can push a tempo that the Serbians and other Europeans can't keep up with. So I'm going to go for the Diamond Dominators to to sneak a win. It won't be, won't be a big win, but I think they get a 2-1. And the final one of the round, to be honest, <clears throat> I've already written the result in, but I will read you the fixture anyway. It's Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark against Australia et al. It's a heavy win for Belgium. A heavy man. win. A heavy yeah. win. The third drubbing in five games for the uh, upside down, as I'm afraid. Right, we are just over halfway through. We've played five rounds. Notable things so far. Your Serbian giants started really well. Seven points from nine. No points taken from the last mm. two games. Uh, the currently perfect team are Argentina-Uruguay, probably unsurprisingly. Uh, no points and no hope and no real point in them being here for New Zealand, Australia, Indonesia, Papua New Guinea and Solomon Islands. Similarly, no point in me keep reading out half of those teams. Uh, on to round six. I'm going to start at the bottom here because this one looks intriguing to me. Japan, Korea versus France, Italy. This is exactly the type of game that I could see Japan, Korea winning. But I don't know if defensively they could cope with Mbappe and Chiesa and Usman Dembele as a three. I think a high-scoring game where both sides score at least two, but I think France-Italy edges with just a little bit more individual quality. Fair enough. Next game is Argentina-Uruguay against Morocco-Senegal. Argentina-Uruguay. They've just got too much talent. I think they're strong enough defensively to hold out anything that the Moroccan-Senegal team can put towards them. There aren't too many people who are going to keep these at bay, to be fair. We can probably assume that even before we started. USA-Canada against Belgium-Netherlands-Denmark. Belgium-Netherlands-Denmark to win. But because some problems along the way, like De Bruyne is not going to enjoy having to chase Alfonso Davies back down the pitch. So he's probably just going to let him go. And that's going to put a lot of pressure on whichever the right back is, probably Rasmus Christensen. He's not going to enjoy that. But I still think going to the way that De Bruyne, Lukaku and a couple of the Danes and Memphis Depay will, will cause enough trouble. Cody Gakpo off the bench and that. I think it'd be... I think the Belgians win that one. Right, this one is uh, one for the form fans. It is one win in four, Spain versus Portugal. 
against the unbeaten in one Ivory Coast, Ghana, Nigeria. I think Ivory Coast beat them as well. I think the African team, yeah, I think they beat them. I do. I think there's too many frailties. Dave is not a fan of this Iberian side whatsoever. No, Uh, I think they're going to be slow at centre-back, questionable at full-back from a defensive point of view, because it's probably the two Portuguese full-backs, Canseo and Nuno Mendes, neither of whom are great defensively. There's not a great goalkeeper between the two countries. Midfield is very, very good. Very, very good. And the wide attackers are good, but there's no goal scorer. So Jota. Jota. I just not at international Jota and, level. Jota, Fati and Felix. If if Fati at any point in the next six months shows that he's the same player he was before injury, just let me know okay. because he he looks like a player that Barcelona ran into the ground, mm. played while injured, and is potentially going to be a a shell of what he should have been. Now I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that this is just a. I feel his way back season. Yeah. But he just doesn't look right. Uh, final one of the round. Australia, New Zealand against Serbia, Czech Republic and so on. A heavy win for Serbia, a heavy Czech win. Republic and so on. They bounced back with a heavy win. Yeah. Goodness me. Dismal. Round seven. Spain, Portugal against Morocco, Gambia, Guinea and all the political and historical things that go with that fixture. Spain, Portugal. Spain Portugal get the win there. They're a better team. Just two wins in six. Dismal. Luis Enrique mm. under threat. Japan Korea against Argentina Uruguay. This will be a difficult game for Japan for for Argentina Uruguay, but they will win it. There's just the, the speed at which the Asians will play will cause some trouble, but they'll have more than enough quality, I think, to overcome. So they win it three one or something like that. An all-European encounter. Uh, Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark against France, Italy. Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark. I think I'd pick them to beat France, Italy. They've got the best defender. Got the best midfielder. They should have enough in attack to, to score at least one. I think they can keep them out at the other end. So, yeah, I'll go Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark. USA, Canada against Serbia, Czech Republic and the rest. I'll go a draw. No, yeah, I'll go a draw. I'll go a draw. And New Zealand, Australia, Indonesia against Ivory Coast, Ghana, Nigeria. Uh, A heavy win for the Diamond Dominators. (laughs) Goodness me. Now, that is three successive wins they've put together, so maybe a bit further up the charts than some people would have suspected at this point. Penultimate round, round eight. Spain-Portugal against the heavily beaten Australia-New Zealand. A heavy win for Louis Enrique, keeping himself in a job. Oh my. This is the one where Morata scores twice and misses a penalty, isn't it? Yes, and is caught offside 11 times. <laughs> USA-Canada against Nigeria-Ghana, Ivory Coast, and so on. Nigeria-Ghana, Ivory Coast. They'll just have too much for them. My goodness me. Osman has found form and is just tearing it up. 
after a slow start. They're yeah, rocking. He, he's now linking up well with Sulemana and Kudus. Will Zaha has tearing it up where, as well. Where, where's Inyaki Williams fitting in all this? Uh, on the bench. Right, okay, just check it. Just to, <laughs> just I'll get in the team. Right. Um, Japan, Korea against Morocco, Senegal, Guinea. I think the Senegalese, etc., might have a bit too much physicality for them. I'll go for the Morocco Senegal win. Just a second win of the campaign for them. Mm. And Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark against Argentina, Uruguay. This is a tough one. I'm going to go with the draw here. First dropped points for the uh, South American superstars. And final one is France, Italy against Serbia, Czech Republic, Slovakia. I'll go France, Italy with the win. And on to the final round of fixtures. Spain, Portugal versus Japan, Korea. Japan, Korea with the upset win. Young min Son causing trouble everywhere he goes. Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark against Morocco, Senegal, Guinea. Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark. Czech Republic, Serbia, Slovakia, Hungary against Argentina, Uruguay. Draw. Draw. Two draws to finish with. If the Uruguayans and Argentinians run out of steam, has yes. Messi had his fill? Messi has run out of steam. He's been kicked too many times. Goodness me. I bet Otamendi's been brought, bloody brought into the defence as well, hasn't he? That's yeah, what's Romero, Romero and Arejo got hurt and had to bring yeah, in Otamendi. Yeah. The defence started yeah. to fall apart. Naturally, yeah. USA Canada against the completely pointless Australia New Zealand. USA Canada. Not a heavy win though. No, Not a heavy a routine win. win. Just That's a routine 2 0. Right, they put an end to four heavy wins in a row at the very least, but failed to get a point throughout the entire thing. That's good. Uh, France, Italy against, well, it's the last game I'll say them all Sierra Leone, Liberia, Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Togo, Benin, and Nigeria. France, Italy. Right, now you can talk to me about your favoured uh, people during the tournament, your best match, and your memories of this never to be seen again. Competition on the moon while I add up the total scores. Well, I think obviously we've seen some some good stuff from the Africans. I think the Diamond Dominators have done done Africa proud. Senegal, Morocco, a little bit of a disappointing campaign from them. They'd have hoped to do better, but Naby Keita's injury, eleven minutes into the first game, really scuppered that midfield. Uh, Koulibaly looking a little bit washed. And Edouard Mendy reminding us all that he's not actually one of the best goalkeepers in the world is where they fell short. Um, the Australians really need to have a rethink about this and maybe rededicate themselves to a little bit more rugby, a little bit more cricket, a little bit less football. Um, I think Japan and South Korea did okay. I don't think they did brilliantly, but they did okay. They've uh, raised the profile of Asian football and certainly there'll be more scouts heading that direction, having seen the technical level available. 
USA and Canada, setting a you know setting a marker in the ground ahead of the twenty twenty six World Cup, letting people know that it's not an easy an easy time to come up against them, and that there is lots and lots and lots of talent available, largely because America has three hundred and fifty million people and should be much better than they are. Um, the big tall Europeans finding out that maybe. This is the Eastern Bloc endeavours rather than the tallest team on earth. Uh, finding out that maybe some smaller, quicker players should also be uh, encouraged to, you know, pursue a career in football rather than just lads who are six two and above. France and Italy probably falling out over something. Probably falling out over something. A little bit too much passion in the room. And, you know, like the post-match meals and stuff were just chaos. Uh, Spain, Portugal, realizing that, you know, you can't just have no striker and you have to find better managers. And the uh, the Netherlands, Belgium, Denmark team just needing some work, needing a bit of replenishment in key areas. But I think the Uruguay... Argentina team, probably from a personality standpoint, probably the best fit. Talent-wise, very, very balanced. The only issue I'd have with them is I'm not overly keen on the fullbacks, but there's you could you could put together decent enough fullbacks, but center back, midfield, and attack is going to be absolutely outrageous. And uh you know if it comes down to any kind of a scrap, them lads will be well up for it. So yeah, I think overall, um, I think this has been a, a very good competition and uh, something that should happen more often. Well, it's not happening more often because it's taken an absolute age to get through <laughs> it, but it was it was uh, interesting to hear some of your analysis, no doubt. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna test your predictions on how you think the the league played out. So who do you reckon came bottom? Let's go in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the team that took many heavy defeats and yes. zero points. Yes, sadly, it is Australia, New Zealand, and Indonesia, Papua New Guinea, and Solomon Islands there as cheerleaders uh, with zero points from their nine matches, and they finish 10th. It's Unlucky the lads. taking part that counts. It isn't, but they can say that because they have nothing else to take back to planet Earth with them, unfortunately. Who do you think came one off the bottom? Um... Morocco, Senegal. It was. It was indeed. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, they they only picked up six points, unfortunately. So a, a little bit underwhelming, I thought. Actually, I, I expected a little bit more from them. Yeah, but as I explained, Naby Keita's injury in the eleventh minute of the first game scuppered their midfield plans, and then Edward Mendy continuing to be found out as not one of the best goalkeepers in the world, as Chelsea fans tried to insist he was, mm-hmm. and that that really screwed them as well. That that is a problem when you think you've got the best players and they're just players. That's you know yeah. a bit of a drop off. Yeah. Um, okay. Then we have a couple of ties coming up. So we've got those two on zero and six points. Then eighth and seventh are both on ten points. Six and fifth are both on twelve points, for example. So who are the two teams who picked up ten points? Spain, Portugal. No. Oh, oh, uh, J- Japan, South Korea. Yep, Japan, South Korea are one of them. And the USA-Canada team. Very good. Those were indeed the two. Uh, USA-Canada finish seventh and not eighth. 
by virtue of having beaten Japan and South Korea. So we have, rather than goal difference, we've got head to head. Amount of big heavy wins is what we have first. <laughs> uh, they were both locked on that, so it went to head to head, and indeed USA Canada won that one. So that's seventh and eighth, bringing up the rest of the bottom half in sixth. I would say Spain Portugal. It was indeed Spain-Portugal. Uh, they finished with 12 points, sixth behind Serbia, Czech Republic and the gang. Uh, and again, that was based on head-to-headings. So quite disappointing, I think. 12 points from a possible 27? Yeah. Not great. Not yeah, Louis Enrique, Louis Enrique, unfortunately, out of a job now. Mm. And the myth that it was him and not the individual genius of, you know, Messi, Suarez, Neymar, Iniesta and Busquets who were responsible for that um, Barcelona Champions League back in the day, out the window. Yeah, so Serbia, uh, Czech Republic, Slovakia and Hungary in the top half, they finished fifth, 12 points as well. Uh, fourth place, 15 points. The Diamond Dominators? It was. Ivory Coast uh, and the game. Uh, Senegal and Nigeria and all the rest of them that make up that particular part of the world. Not Senegal, sorry. Ivory Coast. Ghana and Nigeria and the rest of them mm. make up that area of the world. So overperformance, I would suggest there on a first glance compared to some of them that they finished ahead of. Yeah, but I think they they picked their games and and you know they they were very specific in the games they targeted to win. Mm. Uh, obviously, they, they probably employed Roy Hodgson as a as an um, you know an advisor to let them know how it is that you manage yourself through a season. Right. Don't try and win all the games. Just try and win the games you can win. Yeah, they 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 did have a very um, Hodgson at Crystal Palace sort of start. Actually, they won one of the first four and then went on a mm. bit of a tear and ended pointless again. So yeah, that's that's very Hodgy. Uh, inside the the ones who really did compete, then the top three we've got twenty one points, twenty one points, twenty three points. So it's not as clear cut as you might have thought it was going to be at one point. Uh, it's not a surprise Argentina-Uruguay have finished up top, but those two draws at the end, nearly yeah. costly, only two points clear in the end. Uh, the other two, uh, the European pairings, France-Italy and Belgium-Netherlands-Denmark, and it's actually Belgium-Netherlands-Denmark who finished second again based on that head-to-head weirdness that we have going on here mm. in this league. There you go. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. I think that's worked out. Fairly well. I think uh, you, most people will probably say that Spain, Portugal flipped them with the Diamond Dominators team, and that's probably what more people would expect that they would finish, you know, higher, and 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 the, the, the African team would finish a bit lower. But no, I think I think all all in all, it was it was uh, it worked out well. Many thanks to Isaac for his pre-pod work. Yes. Yes, very, very much so. Right, that is that then. That is us finished for today. I will see you, or we will see you next time. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it.
You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.